been out there knocking on doors, marching in parades today. Mm -hmm. What are you hearing from voters? How's this sh this race? It's an open seat. It's one of the most exciting races in Boston right now. Mm -hmm. uh, District 9, there's so many choices here. What's going on in District 9 right now? Uh, I think um, some people are at this point where they're like, they, they've talked to every candidate at sometimes, multiple times, and a lot of them are actually like, you know, oh, I love you so much. It's going to be so hard if I vote against you. But then I've known this person for 40 years, but I feel like you would be a better leader. And it's like a whole bunch of this internal uh, conflict that's going on all over the neighborhood. Oh, I can feel that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not even in the district, but I've had, you know, district ties. I lived there for a very short time, but especially the music scene. I've booked so many mm -hmm. shows in Boston in the past for over 10 years. O'Brien's, I name all the clubs and, you know, the relations uh, from Stingray Body Art, Asima Grill. Those are my hangout spots. Uh, Scott Madeline, Austin Board of Trade. These are my friends. Um, and I've done a lot of uh, events with them and Boston Boxing there as well. I, I worked on that, you know, as a volunteer. Mm -hmm. But uh, doing a lot of things in Austin, Brighton, and I think it's a big arts community. Uh, a lot of renters, a lot of students, obviously. But it's also the place where a lot of people can afford to, to live, out, you know, in, in the Boston area without being completely gouged like say the back bay yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, but it's really rough for people to survive what what are the big issues right now what are people talking about what what when you say someone because i know there's always a towny influence here uh when mm -hmm. people have known someone for 30 years and only known you for a shorter time what's going to push them what are the issues they're going to push them to vote for you over that 30-year relationship what are you hearing so when I've been able to convert those folks, it's mostly been I am a person who's like big on public policy, um, I, you know, degrees and all that crap. But I, I've done it. I've done a lot of work. I know how to advocate at the state level. I know how to advocate at the local local level. And I'm also the only person who's been coming out with plans for some of the biggest issues facing Austin Brighton. I've come out with a plan for our Boston housing authorities, making sure that we can make make up the loss of income due to the federal cuts to our housing authorities. Uh, because these folks who are already in dire situations for the most part, there's not a being there's not being enough upkeep and there's not being enough resources giving in put put into housing authorities like Faneuil Gardens, Fidelis, uh, a few other ones around the Austin Brighton area. And so folks have talked to me about like, hey, we need more community resources. I've also put out a rent stabilization and rent control policy, uh, which cause of you know a lot of folks some folks were like oh no <laughs> rent control rent stabilization they bring up this 90s example but um i pushed that a lot actually because i'm the only one pushing it right now like there's a few folks that said they you know they they would potentially have it on the table or whatnot but i'm the only one put out a policy on it because i rec recognize the importance of making sure that a district that's more around like 80 percent if we combine brighton and austin more than 80 percent or so renters they need to be secure in being able to stay in Austin Brighton. And there's so many seniors that I've spoken with who are afraid that they're going to be priced out. Even folks who have uh, their own their home in some kind of capacity, they still feel that they're going to be priced out. And so, which just happens. I mean, the property taxes yeah. are, mm -hmm. are not cheap. I'm a property tax payer in a different place, but it's a big cost. Yeah, you know, exactly. These things mm -hmm. are costs and electricity and the costs keep going up. Everything is going up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, these costs are continuing to rise. And so when these big giant luxury condo or luxury, more, more luxury apartments, to be honest, are being put up around folks' homes, um, 
there needs to be more affordability within it. And I've also been the only one who pushed to have it at 33% affordability instead of the regular 20% that is the major talking point of other all so right candidates. Yeah, third. I mean, that's leading. I haven't heard anyone else looking at 33%. I know Julia, uh, Julia Meha, she was pushing for 50%. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm a democratic socialist, but even I'm like, ooh. A little too much? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I wouldn't be against it, but I just, it's just, that, that, that's really, really, really difficult. But even 33% is going to take a lot of fighting, but I'm really down for it. Cool. Yeah. Um, and that reminds us, uh, I should just, I want to make sure we get it all in today. You know, we're endorsing a bunch of people. There are, there are some people we could endorse, but we didn't maybe have them in. We didn't talk to them. But we're just picking, like, our absolute favorites, like people that you have to vote for if you're in the district. I'm going to say Lee Nave Jr. is one of them. Uh, you totally got our number one endorsement, uh, as well as uh, Ricardo Arroyo, who's running uh, in Hyde Park, um, as well as Julia, who you mentioned, yeah. May, Mayha. 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 <laughs> Julia. We, she, we love her for at large. Uh, and hopefully Alex, uh, Alexandria. I'm going to say it wrong. Alejandra. Alejandra. St. Gillian. Gillian. I have a hard time with these names, but uh, I think Lee <laughs> Nave is helping me. He's been my co-host on this. No, nah, I mean, like, I keep hearing their names all the time right. everywhere. So. You're, you're around him a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we, uh, hopefully she's calling in. We give her mm-hmm. a huge endorsement as mm-hmm. well. I'm um, trying to think of a minute. Oh, Cambridge, obviously. Quentin. We love Quentin. Mm-hmm. Quentin's uh, Zondervan. Hopefully he's going to call in uh, today as well. Uh, Quentin uh, Zondervan. Uh, so we, we're we're expecting some phone calls. Hopefully, uh, we're we're hoping to have the mayor. But it turns out the the mayor of Cambridge, Mark McGovern. But it turns out he's been sick, and mm-hmm. uh, we wish him uh, good health. We hope he gets you yeah. know feels better. He's he's out. Um, what just happened to our headphones? Yeah, nothing. Well, we can't hear him now. Can you? No, no it got really. Um, yeah, it went out. Everything went out. There we okay, go. Okay, yeah, it's cool. better now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, six one seven seven zero two two five four two is our phone number. Uh, we're hoping to get some phone calls. Are our phone lines up? Yes, cool. cool. So we're looking at phone calls. Hopefully uh, we get a phone call from Alejandra. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Gillian. Gillian, thank you. <laughs> and we're with Lee, Lee Nave Jr. Um, so let's talk about some issues because there's been uh, the big police issue recently that's come out with the, we call it the police riot. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what's your answer to that? Just you know, not just for the police riot either, but just mm-hmm. overall police accountability because it seems like every day there's another scandal in two places in police, state police or mm-hmm. Boston police. And Boston police, there was another one this week where, you know, at a school, you know, outside of a school, uh, a, a police officer was given a hard time and saying some ra- racial epithets mm-hmm. to children. Yeah. What do we do about this Boston police issue if you're a city councilor? We have to actually create a empowered, an empowered community-led accountability board. Um, that's that's number one. Um, we have to make sure that folks feel that they can hold police officers accountable, and that goes beyond just having a singular um, inspector. I know An- Andrea Campbell's looking more towards um, a uh, inspector, almost an inspector general, for more like uh, to offset corruption at city hall <laughs> but uh we need to actually have a community a community led uh Do you support that 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 kind of commission thing like i would a, want it to be inspector? more than just yeah I, i'd want it more be more than just one person i'd want it to be a full department with okay. as many resources as possible because that's one of the things that i want to do as a city councilor is clean up city hall as best as possible 
Uh, I definitely want more transparency and accountability in our in Boston City Hall, and that includes making sure we have transparency and accountability with our police officers. Um, there are still police officers part of that were part of the um, the riot uh, who who haven't been held accountable for their actions. And we have, you know, we've seen some documentation of this particular, well, Captain... Captain John Danilecki? Yeah. Like, I'm just, I have a he, Freedom of Information Act uh, request on his, uh, his record, you know, if he's, he's got complaints of disciplinary. Mm -hmm. I filed it like a day or two right after that, but somehow they haven't, they haven't acknowledged, uh, acknowledged receipt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very interesting. I don't think, th I, they may never get back to us on that. No, no. Well... You gotta keep following up with the FOIA. Oh yeah, I know. Will. I know. Uh, I'm with Muck Rock. They do a FOIA okay. automatically. Yeah, they'll keep following up for me. Yeah, I like the budget FOIA that folks released the other day. Uh, showed about 600 plus k that we spent. Yeah, 600 thousand dollars for that event, the Straight Pride Rally okay. to the, for the police enforcement. It's a really good investment. And the cost, <laughs> just just for all the barricades, yeah. it's like 60 grand or something. Six one seven seven zero two two five four two is our phone number if you want to call in please do so especially if you have some good questions or comments about this election who you're supporting especially if you're in boston or cambridge or if you're just even following this um election or maybe in your city or town uh from the boston globe dan adams is watching he's a reporter covers the cannabis beat uh, he's a business writer he writes any thoughts on the boston marijuana approval process is kim janey's ordinance the right way forward question mark all right. So um, I, I had a good meeting with uh, JT over in Somerville a while back, and he mentioned um, I had I also had a meeting with Kim Janey's former political director, uh, Noah Coolidge. And I, I talked to them both a little bit about the cannabis uh, equity, her cannabis equity bill. I think it's a great direction. I've also talked to a few folks in Austin, Brighton, who one of them, he, he runs uh, the vape shop over in Cleveland Circle and Oak Square. Uh, John and we had a good conversation well over an hour and he spoke about like the difficulties of actually trying to go through the process because you have to have like almost 250k in, in uh, capital on hand to just get through through the many barriers already and then there's also even though they're trying to aim for a more uh, people of color uh, uh, policy that helps people of color more it doesn't include API people and that's that's a big issue that folks, you know, like oh, we assume that the the whole mi model minority myth. Uh, what is API? Uh, Asian Pacific Islander. Okay. Yeah, and so the, uh, John John is part of the Asian American community. He's been he he was born and raised pretty much in Brighton. He lives in Brookline now, but like has two two vape shops over in Brighton, uh, and he's trying to convert the one in Cleveland Circle into being a cannabis shop. And he actually bought the one in Cleveland Circle to be the cannabis shop, but he's having so much difficulty going through the process, and so. We also need to make sure we include Asian Americans as part of the uh, equity uh, for people of color bill as well. Well, isn't that going to get some pushback, though? Because, I mean, let's be frank, Asian Americans, as far as I know, haven't suffered like black people have, like in, in uh, Hispanic. I mean, it was the, there was the Chinese Exclusion Act. Um, there's there's like the whole like um, back in the day, uh, Chinese Americans in Boston, like you, you couldn't go to a, mm -hmm. a, a woman couldn't go to a Chinese restaurant without okay. another man. It was yeah. like, there's, there, there's, there's still like even racism about the Chinese food. I yeah. know. People yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm definitely not putting them on the side. I love Chinese yeah. food. <laughs> let me just say, I, 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I got two big bags, and I'm still, like, mm-hmm. thinking about, like, getting two more tonight, like, you know, a couple of days ago. We just finished it off, like, a, yesterday. <laughs> I'm ready to go back. <laughs> Do I it. love it. Oh, my God. Uh, All right. Uh, 617-702-2542. So, but it's also, you know, it's interesting because I noticed about also, right, and there are a lot of Asian businesses yeah. in that area. A lot of restaurants. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, Harvard Ave. Right. Yeah, that's a great place. <laughs> Definitely is, and it'd be good to uh, support local businesses that are already there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're taking phone calls. We're taking your comments. Anything you got? Six one seven seven zero two two five four two is your uh, our phone number. My name is Mike Crawford. We have a lot happening today. Again, I I, I forget if I've already mentioned this, but you know, you may have just tuned in. I want to yeah. congratulate number one, uh, Carmelita, my girlfriend, uh, and I'm I'm going. We're going to the Boston Music Awards. She's been nominated. Best, uh, sh- oh, uh, excuse me, I'm screwed up. Best music show in the city of Boston. It's a Boston Music Awards. She's one of the nominees. Definitely go vote for her. Boston Music Awards. Look it up and vote for her. Bay State Rock, uh, WAF. That's her show. Uh, congratulations to Carmelita. I want people to definitely check her out and vote for her. Um, and also, I want to um, thank Boston Cannabis Week. Uh, Lisa yeah. Finelli with them is also nominated for Best Promoter with the Boston Music Awards. And I want to thank them for uh, having us uh, at their event this week, Mediascape. It was really fun on Tuesday night. Uh, they had a big festival as well uh, all week. And they have a big concert that's probably wrapping up right now uh, near my uh, the old Dig Boston location. So they're, they're having a uh, music festival in the city of Boston. So congratulations to, the, to uh, Boston Cannabis Week. Mm-hmm. And can't wait for more of their events. Uh, also, the Boston Freedom Rally was yesterday. Uh, some people are complaining about it. Uh, a lot of speakers were invited that didn't get to speak because they didn't have uh, microphones set up. And it wasn't surprising to me because it ha- seems like this happens every year to them. Weird. Uh, but, you know, and I think a lot of the the problem, too, is that the main stage where the big acts are, they got all the, you know, fancy equipment. Yeah. But where the activists are, the activists, advocates, they they get the short end of the stick. Mm. And uh, I feel like that's been happening for a long time. Something I'm calling out. I've been calling out. And then I just watch it from afar and just watch it kind of just happen again. And I think a lot of eyes are starting to get opened up about the chaos and... Uh, the issues with mass can normal. And I think if people want to do anything about it, they better take it over. They better ask for new leadership. They better uh, get involved in it. And with with the idea of being more inclusive, because I think that mass can has often driven out the best people. Like, look at Boston Cannabis Week. Those folks used to book the Freedom Rally. Mm-hmm. They uh, booked Red Man and Method Man, perhaps some of the biggest artists that were ever at the Freedom Rally. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was for free, if not basically for free. And uh, the next year, they were not asked to come back, which is just insane. Like, you you pull out, uh, you know, you you pull the rabbit out of the hat. You do the amazing. You pull off miracles, and then you get a shit on by the organization of MassCan. And it's something they've done to, I've seen a lot of people over the years, and I was one of them. (laughs) So, and, you know, I, I speak on personal experience, but I've seen them do it to other people. And I think that MassCan actually has to start valuing the people who actually step up for them. Makes sense. You know? Because I think there's a lot of politics that goes on within that organization. 
617-702-2542. And they could easily prove it to me if they just reached out. But they won't. We're on the blacklist. I'm, I'm, no, I'm the only activist, I think, who's ever been awarded their activism award twice. I was their president, booked the rally, brought the most money. But I'm on their, their secret boycott list, their blackball list. They won't, it's like, you know, what's that movie Animal House when they put them on double secret probation? Dean, Dean Warmer? <laughs> yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the frat boys from Animal House, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm on deep, double secret probation. How'd you do that? I don't know. Well, yeah. criticize them oh, yeah. for crap that they were doing to me, <laughs> for being public about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I think that this is the problem with them over and over and over and over again. So the pattern repeats itself. Well, if anyone wants to call in, 617-702-2542. But that's not what we're about today, really. That's like nothing. We're about to get out the vote. Yep. Are you expecting a big vote on Tuesday? Because this is it. Tuesday is the election. It's mm-hmm. huge. Uh, vote in Boston, Cambridge, Somerville. We have a candidate for office, uh, Brighton Alston, Lee Nave Jr. What are you expecting on Tuesday? So um, Alston Brighton has the lowest voter turnout in all of uh, the city of Boston. And we're the second biggest district in Boston, uh, population-wise. And... I do have concerns with it being a year that there isn't a mayor's race, there's no state state rep, senate, or of course presidential election or anything like that. It's going to be um, like there are people who who've been messaging me saying, "Hey, so how many of the 2,000 people who are going to come out to vote do you think you're going to get?" And it's madness because I've knocked, you know, we've knocked like over 20,000 doors. So we're like, <laughs> we're, we're hoping more than that comes out. And there's been a lot of, uh, I feel like there's going to be an upswing, to be honest. Like, I, I expect at least like three to four. Because it's an open seat. Yeah, well, not just, yeah, it's open seat, but there's just, in general, there just seems to be more, uh, a more emphasis on politics this it year. Seems like there's more door knocking, door knocking going on everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm looking at my, so, you know, this is one thing I noticed this week, too. Like, you know. Maybe it's my change. Maybe it's my emphasis on it. But uh, this week, I've noticed more door knocking on my social media probably than ever before. Mm-hmm. People, uh, people volunteering and helping candidates door knock uh, than actually coverage of the Freedom Rally, which was weird because the Freedom Rally would happen in the past. And it'd be all over everyone's social media. Mm-hmm. The only stuff I see on the Freedom Rally now is kind of negative, which is weird when it used to be all glowing. And... Uh, Door knocking. Everyone is door knocking. Do you think there's an increase in door knocking and people realizing how important this is? And oh yeah, 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 definitely. Because um, if you're an incumbent, like someone, incumbents usually just uh, raise enough money, send a whole bunch of mailers, depend on their established base. Uh, they might door knock here and there to get additional voters if they feel like they they have to get a certain percentage to seem like they're untouchable. Um, but with an open race like this, every single in such a smaller turnout, smaller pool, every door is essential. And we also have a huge move rate. So you can send out mailers and, you know, maybe 20% of it's uh, going to the wrong people. <laughs> right. So, you, you know, you, you, you want to go around and check on these folks, especially folks who've lived in the neighborhood a while. You want to rebuild those relationships. So a lot of folks are doing multiple door, door knocking rounds in their universe. Some people are relying on super voters only. I know our particular campaign, we do have super voters within our, our universe, our voter universe. But we, we knew early on that we need to expand beyond that. Uh, because super voters are usually uh, of a certain demographic who know certain people who would most likely go for those certain people. Right. And so we expanded beyond that and tried to get Which more folks voters. activated. Yeah, new, vo- new voters. That's how you win, too, yeah. I think. Um, 
I also saw the canvasser, a door knocker that everyone knows, John, uh, John Cohn. No, yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Cohn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been working for you? Oh, he came out. He came out once. Um, but he, he's been real nice. Like, he's, you know, gives, gives advice. We, we, we met uh, for the first time in January because we had a mutual friend who's like this author in New York who does like education policy. And I used to argue with him way back in 2012 when I was doing a startup in New York. And we became good friends after we argued a lot. Uh, and so we met through that through Jonathan. <laughs> oh, no, Jonathan and I met through him. <laughs> and again, the phone number six one seven seven zero two two five four two. If anyone wants to call, we also have Lauren Pespiza's, uh in the you know helping out today. She's a yeah. she's here in the studio. Uh, she's not on a mic right now, but she's uh, she's supporting her campaign as yep. well. We should mention that a lot of people in our audience love Lauren. Uh, Lauren is definitely behind uh, your campaign. Mm. What what is the uh, okay 542 I just want to see can we try no actually we don't have her number Alejandra Saint get in we're hoping she calls in we don't have her number I'm going to try to message her right now on Facebook she's the only one actually we don't have uh, the phone number for oh. I should have asked for it I thought we Do did I have it her? I screwed it up um well, let's no, see I got a number either yeah it doesn't look like she's uh responding right now but hopefully she does call Six one seven two six one seven seven zero two two five four two, and someone please call us to make sure you know just to let we've had some issues here today. We just want to make sure the phones are working, so call us. Let us know. You don't even have to say anything. You just have to help us out. Let us know six one seven seven zero two two five four two five four two. It's also very hot out here. Give us some encouragement for going in the hot heat. Lee has been like in a parade. He was like marching in a parade today. I was walking dogs. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah, a hot day. We've been out here, yeah. I don't know how the dogs uh, stood up to that. The dogs, are <laughs> <laughs> hooch, yeah. He, hooch was, uh, yeah. He was breathing heavy today. Mm-hmm. And they had a football game down at uh, Foxborough. The Patriots. Uh, I hope, I hope there. Everyone is doing all right down there. Uh, both the attendees and the players, because it's pretty damn hot out there today. Yeah. And we're almost out of uh, summer. And all of a sudden, we have this ridiculous heat wave. 617-702-2542. My name is Mike Crawford. I'm sitting here with Lee Nave Jr. Um, I, I could do a speed round with you because I already oh, yeah. know most of the answers, but I just want to remind people, safe consumption sites. What do you, where's your, where, where are you at on that? I'm good on that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Good on that. You support them. Yeah, you want to see safe consumption sites. Yeah, definitely. Um, we talked about uh, some other you know, reforms of the police. Uh, school committee. Do you support an elected school committee, a hybrid, changes, or how it is now appointed? I support elected, and I think hybrid's a terrible idea. I've heard it a lot, even from some good friends who are running for city council right now. Uh, I, don't, I don't like it at all because it just builds voting blocks. You, you, you'll have the mayor's folks who will for sure always support whatever the mayor's position is. Because if not, they will get replaced. Yep. And then you have the elected folks. So you need to just have it all elected. All elected. Yep. Um, I want to ask, uh, go, people are asking about cannabis. I have my, another cannabis question mm-hmm. myself. Uh, there's a zoning in, in uh, the city of Boston that's different than anywhere else where it's a half-mile buffer zone. In Cambridge, they have a similar buffer zone, not mm-hmm. as much, but they change it for economic empowerment. Would you do the same as well and, and just basically lift it so that economic empowerment doesn't have a buffer zone, but the big cannabis does? Yeah, I would agree with that because the the zoning is nobody's really talk. I'm trying to. I haven't done the research to to clarify, like to see what the clarification on why the zoning is important for equity reasons. 
and as you mentioned, it makes sense for big cannabis reasons. Otherwise, you know, they'll be they'll be on every corner. Uh, but I, I agree with the idea of having it be lowered for equity reasons. Perfect. Uh, we have a phone call. Who's on the telephone right now? Hey, Mike. It's Grant. How are you doing? Good. Our phones work. What's up, Grant? Yes, that's a, one of the two reasons I called. I heard your request, and I'm just letting you know I was able to get through. Perfect. Sounds and good. And then I also... I also had a question for Lee, if uh, if you guys don't mind. Awesome. Uh, so, Lee, I'm not sure if you saw, but at the Cambridge Ordinance Committee over the last week, uh, they passed the, their cannabis business permitting ordinance. Mm-hmm. And in the ordinance, it has a two-year exclusivity period during which only economic empowerment applicants, rather than existing medical dispensaries, can open retail cannabis shops. What do you think about that kind of exclusivity period for economic empowerment applicants? It depends. Uh, I, I think it's a good idea. Um, I think it actually allows to have an even, even footing uh, as best as possible uh, for equity candidates. But um, I'm still wondering what, like, when it comes to the actual, for Boston, when it comes to the the 400 like 250k that you have to have down to really get started will those will those businesses have that opportunity during that period to raise that capital first even during a two-year period because there's still folks who are having that issue right now um making that two-year so it's like a it's, it, everybody's going to be running running for these next two years or so to to reach that uh reach that amount so if we can find a way to fund these businesses or remove that uh, 250 capital, uh, 250k capital uh, requirement, especially in Boston, uh, I, I would be completely supportive of it. But we also have, you know, when we when we make those kind of policies, we have to make sure we fund them as best as possible or find pathways for funding. Oh yeah, I think that those are some great points. I'll I'll just I I worked with a few people on the Cambridge ordinance. Uh-huh. I can give you a little context. So awesome. one argument made was that the access to the license during the priority period allows those individuals to uh, capitalize uh, by using their exclusivity to pursue capital investment. Nice. Uh, The other uh, really interesting aspect of this is that, um, and I know that they've talked a little bit about this in Boston, there's a uh, 6% total local retail tax on cannabis Mm -hmm. uh, for retail. And there is a way to create a dedicated levy on that retail tax that could foreseeably sustain an equity fund in perpetuity. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Okay. And that's something I'd urge you to consider if you're open to it. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'd be down with that 100%. Um, Like, (laughs) yeah, definitely. I I would try to adopt that in Boston as much as possible. I think uh, I'm not going to speak for her because, you know, we, we don't... We're not like on first name basis for real, but Councillor Janie, I feel like, would probably support something like that as well. Well, thank you guys so much for the opportunity to ask the question. I absolutely wish you the best of luck in the election, and I've been following it closely, and I uh, hope you uh, will come through uh, and win the seat. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Grant. Have a good night, guys. You, you too. 617 is our number. Uh, we're... Get a message. We got a message from Alejandra. Oh, okay. Saying, get in. Yeah. Uh, she basically had some uh, power issues. Mm-hmm. 
on her, I don't know if it's a cell phone or tablet or whatever, but... Yeah, minivan zaps your phone really bad. Sounds like her battery yeah. was dying. She's been out all day. She's probably trying to charge it and mm -hmm. then call us, hopefully. Wait, she wait. may call a little later. We'll see. Hopefully we get her call. Um, Alejandro, you've been canvassing for about eight months. You know you got to bring a battery pack up. Come yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, there are other <laughs> candidates watching, too, though. I saw Domingos de Rosa uh -huh. is watching. If any can candidate or campaign or campaign director is, is watching today, this is your day. You can call in. Oh, Domingos should definitely and, call and, in. And promote <laughs> your campaign. Tell people why they should vote for you. 617-702-2542. And it may, maybe you just have someone you like you want to promote in your city or town. Let us know. We want to hear what campaigns you like right now. What are the reasons? And especially if you are like Domingo Starosa, uh -huh. if, if he's still watching. I'm going to text him right now. Yeah, call, call in. in. <laughs> Let's hear from you. <laughs> call in, man. He's probably doing another uh, parade or a door knock. You, you know, uh, he's running for at-large uh, Boston City Council. 617-702-2542. Do I know who? Oh, did you, did you know... Uh, like a few months back, he he was doing a lot of collection of uh, a lot of collecting of uh, needles yes. uh, from orchard gardens, and he actually got a bag of them, and he put them on Mayor Walsh's he put them in Mayor Walsh's lap pretty right. much. Like this this he definitely should call it. <laughs> he has called before. Yeah, we definitely would like uh, to hear from him or anyone else right now. Six one seven seven zero two two five four two, especially if you're involved in a campaign or a candidate for office right now this is the time you can shout yourself out and tell us why we're with lee nave jr your your website again is uh vote nave.com and it's at vote uh nave at, yeah on, at vote on nave. twitter as well mm -hmm. i know that i follow yeah <laughs> and yeah. you're on facebook yep uh i just use my name on facebook lee nave jr on facebook perfect um is there anything else that people should know right now about this like campaign anything we're missing that we should so, if you're in Austin Brayton, I know you have a lot of uh, a lot of options right now. Um, I I definitely need fo folks to focus on who's actually when we talk about the different issues impacting our community, who's actually proposing uh, tangible ideas, and that's what I've been doing the entire campaign, and that's what I'll continue to do as a city councilor. Um, Hello. Oh. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. <laughs> who's this? It's Alejandra. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. You're live. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, so I've been sorry. butchering yeah, your I name. Like, <laughs> what's that? I've been butchering. I've been mispronouncing your name, and we oh, were Lee okay. Nave okay. Jr. right here. He's been correcting me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So how are you doing? Good. Great. We just uh, finished up our last packet of the evening, and so... Then hitting the doors hard, and you know the momentum is good, and we feel we feel really good. Now you're running for at large in Boston City Council. Uh, the election is Tuesday. You you got a huge endorsement from uh, Mayor Martin Walsh, right? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, I had worked with the mayor for four and a half years as the director for immigrant advancements, and um, so yeah, I was very happy. And we just got uh, an endorsement by Maura Healy as well, which was which was really exciting. So. Wow. And uh, you also got uh, some press coverage uh, from the Boston Herald. They were uh, going after your wife a little bit. Do you want to comment on that yeah, at all? Yeah, that was, that was super fun. Um, mm. <laughs> so the Boston Globe endorsement was quickly followed up by a, a negative uh, story about uh, 
about my wife and uh, or about you know the campaign. My wife runs an amazing political uh, a consulting firm, um, marketing and community engagement, and um, is the lead uh, ethnic media consultant. And so um, we had we hired them for for the campaign. And so uh, the Herald thought that that was. I don't know, felt like they needed to write a story about it. So it didn't really go that far. You know, we um, were very proud to work with Archipelago Strategies Group. They um, do do great work. And um, and so, you know, it's a 12-people firm. It's not, you know, my wife hasn't even really, she's been volunteering with me on the doors. But other than that, it's really been her staff that's been doing, doing the work. So, um, but, you know, I think that's, to be expected a little negativity and but it's been balanced by a whole lot of positivity and a whole lot of support and encouragement so um we didn't let it get get us down too much let me ask you both because i have two candidates i have uh, lee nave in studio and and yourself alejandra oh hey lee How hey how's you? it going i'm good you I'm good <laughs> you got water you good <laughs> what's that you uh, said do you have water <laughs> are you good do I have water? Yes, because you. I'm, I'm sure yeah. you've been door knocking. It's really hot today. Yes, yes, we have plenty of water today. <laughs> Perfect. I think we need more water over here. I think that's what Lee, Lee is saying. Uh, myself and uh, him need more water because it's getting hot in here. But I want to ask you both because I have you both here. Um, do you think that the Boston Globe and the big media has covered this city council election enough? Is there enough coverage, enough media coverage right now on it? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, I think that, um, you know, it, it, the, the locals are, or the local papers have been covering it a little bit more. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like the banner has been good about having yeah. something in the paper. Um, you know, uh, El Mundo, El Planeta, they've been, they've been pretty good about, you know, the education piece and getting people out there. Um, and, but I think the big media, you know, they just, they, you know, there's a lot going on. I think people are already on 2020 because of all the Democratic candidates. But, you know, I think it's really too bad because it's really these elections that, you know, impact people's everyday lives. And so it'd be great if there was if there was more coverage. I don't, Lee, I don't know if you agree. Or yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, Bay State Banner has been doing a great job from the beginning. Uh, Mr. Miller has been constantly put, putting out a ton of different articles. Like, it feels like one every other month. Um, uh-huh. The Herald, I don't... I, I feel like the attack on you was probably, like, the biggest article that the Herald even put out about that the election. Is, right? The is it the first one? I mean, the have they even talked about I, the election? Well, no. they did one where they just pretty much, like, were like, oh, we're going to name all the candidates <laughs> um, and then say the, who the incumbents are, who are leaving, and that was about it. That was the only interview that I, I'm, I knew of with the Herald beyond that. Uh, and the Globe... Yeah. Uh, Globe has been okay. I, I actually was uh, all the way in January. I was in uh, the Middle East, and I got a I got a message from on Twitter from Milton, one of the reporters at the Globe, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, they were trying to do articles all the way back then." So I think they they uh, have done okay, but they definitely could have like all of them. They could have done a little bit better on reporting yeah. uh, about the local elections. Um, so yeah. I, I definitely would like to see an improvement on that uh, from a local level. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I agree. Milton Milton has been has been covering it um, mm-hmm. more than anyone else. So yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. Well, and uh, basically Tuesday is the election. 
tell, tell us why they should vote for you. You're the at-large uh, candidate in Boston, Alejandro. Why should sure. people vote for you? <laughs> sure. Well, um, well, you know, first of all, everyone should get out and vote. <laughs> it's hugely important. I think, you know, the amount of coverage that that it gets. You know, we have to really show that we that we're involved, and you know, um, I think it's just it's a hallmark of our democracy for everyone to go out and vote. So, first and foremost, go out and vote. Second of all, uh, in your at-large race, I humbly ask for your vote. I'm number six on the ballot. I was born and raised in Boston. I have spent my entire life in service to others as a teacher, as an advocate, as a public servant, uh, working on behalf of education equity and immigrant rights. And, you know, I I know the struggles of Boston. I know uh, our history. I know what we've been through. And I know that we have have grown tremendously over the last 20 and 30 years, but not everyone has benefited equally from that growth. And so if you want a counselor, an at-large counselor is in there every day fighting uh, for every person in Boston. You'll have one in me. I will have an open-door policy, uh, and I'm excited to get ready to serve. So I, again, humbly request September uh, Tuesday, number six on the ballot. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we, we've endorsed you. We're 100% behind you here. Yay! Yes. <laughs> I think we did way back then, but now it's definitely, we just want to make sure people know. Um, but a couple of quick questions. Um, we'll call this speed round because we're really out of time. But sure. police sure. accountability has come up as a big issue, you know, with the recent, you know, police, what oh, we call yeah. police riot. But yeah. I think way back, even going further, all the things we've seen even recently and, you know, with a police officer, again, a lot of incidents of like ra- just lack of accountability with the Boston police. What do you do about it? Yeah, no, definitely. You know, and I have two brothers who are police officers. I know, I know firsthand the um, the two step brothers, two step brothers who are police officers. I know firsthand the the amount of work and appreciate the work of the police department. But nobody um, is in, above above the law, particularly those that are whose job it is to to enforce it. And so, um, I think what we need is is better oversight on. Um, the, the actions of the department, as you know, as I've mentioned before, just issues between uh, information sharing between BPD and ICE has been of a particular concern to me. And so uh, I think the job of a counselor, what they can do is really work in partnership with the department um, and also play a, a strong uh, oversight role as uh, when, in, when incidents happen and, you know, pushing for uh, investigations. Thank you so much. I, I wish you the best on Tuesday. Thank you. Where can people find more information about you on, on social media, your website? Yeah, so uh, AlejandraForBoston.com, um, at AsyncYang for both Instagram and Twitter, and I think it's Alejandra for Boston on Facebook as well. Perfect. Alejandra, thank you. We wish you the best. Thank you. Uh, again thank in you Boston so on Tuesday. And good luck, Lee. Good luck to you as well. Have a good one okay. and try to rest up. You too. Okay. Bye. I know. That was a good call. I love, I love her. Mm. Um, I, I really can't wait to see what happens. I hope Julia does well. I hope uh, Alejandra does well. I hope they all advance. I hope you advance as well. Lee, Lee Nave Jr. Um, again, our, our number is 617-702-2542 if you want to call in. Um, You've done a lot of canvassing. You've done a lot of forums. You are, you know, open mics, all these things. Is there any, like, kind of crazy moments that stick out, like knocking at a door where someone gets really mad or just something weird that happened any, or anything that really touched you, anything that's really memorable, all those? Oh. 
interactions. I'm happy you added positive ones towards yeah, the end. Positive yeah. or negative. <laughs> no, but uh, I've had some great conversations like uh, throughout throughout the district. Um, and the more you explore the neighborhoods, you realize how different they can be. Um, Austin, Brighton, Lower Austin, the Aberdeen district, Cleveland Circle, all these different places within our district are extremely different. And what I've noticed uh, a lot, and some of the, one of the biggest conversations I had was um, with this woman who was very, very terrified that rats would attack her kids. Uh, <laughs> It was like a, it was in, I think it was in Lower Austin. Yeah, Lower Austin. I'm not going to say a specific street, but um, there's like a, almost a sanctuary. People have been on that particular street. People have been calling this uh, particular um, project, like a building, uh, a rat sanctuary mm. because there's just so many rats within this concentrated oh, area that are gross. breeding. That's great. Like, uh, is that, it's, in, so it can be a big issue. Yeah. I, I lived in the city and the rats issue, especially if it's not being treated and taken care yeah. of, it, it can really affect your life i mean you get one of the a bunch of those rats into your house what do you think is going to happen exactly or your car i mean it it even affects like you know we've had instances when we lived in cambridge where you know they chew out your your brake lines they Mm. chew out your your uh jumper you know what i mean your electrical wires it's they nest they nest in the engines Mm -hmm. because the engines are warm in the winter so it's a big issue. So what, what did you, I mean, where did that kind of go? I mean, that's when I decided that I actually have to beyond just say, oh, you know, I'll do something about the rats or just call 311 about it. I put together a rat policy and I've been talking to community members, especially in Lower Austin and Brighton Center area about it. Um, it's a humane uh, way to decrease the rat population in Austin, Brighton and Austin, is, of course, Rat City. And so... I've been going around uh, having these conversations with folks, did a ton of research with my team. Um, I talked to Harvard a lot uh, because Harvard, about 10 years ago, they actually gave people in Lower Austin 10,000 barrels that were rat proof because the rat population had increased so much it had became a, a hazard to be in that area <laughs> for the most part. And so we need to relook at something of that nature to have people because after 10 years your barrels of course you know decrease and they fall apart people move (laughs) yeah mm -hmm. and so we're trying to work on that also 311 we need people if you see a rat in austin brighton report it because 311's numbers and data generated from 311 actually go uh is extremely important on seeing if they feel it's an issue because uh, when we talked to the harvard uh harvard's community department or whatnot uh, they said, oh, we're just looking at the 311 numbers, and they're not that bad. And folks in the community are like, well, it's actually almost getting as bad as it was 10 years ago. And as I'm canvassing around Laura Alston at all times, you know, I, I was sitting, standing at this one guy's porch, and five rats went by, and it's a perfectly clean house. The trash right. cans were okay-ish. So it's just like there is a, a decent rat issue, and everybody I talk to pretty much in this area says it's an issue. People who've lived there for generations so you have a rat plan. Yeah, I have a rat plan. Because of that, that interaction. Yep. yep. That, that's what I think everyone wants is someone that will actually listen to them and come up with some solutions how to fix these issues. Because rats are a huge his- issue in the city. I mean, yeah, Austin, definitely. It is an issue. Yeah, and there, there's other cities. Like, people are just like, oh, you know, it's a city, you know. Yeah. You got to get do used to it. it. Yeah. But you can do something about yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. New there's York. no doubt about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we're the Young Jerks. I want to thank you again, Ali Nave Jr. I wish you the best of luck on Tuesday. 
tell people again why they should vote for you or support you in these next because i mean basically we have tomorrow mm-hmm. and then tuesday to vote is early voting is there any early voting in boston yeah, yeah. people yeah. have already started voting yeah some friends have been like yeah i voted for you already because i'll be out of town or something like that so yeah yeah there's some early voting um absentee ballots and whatnot um definitely i would like for folks to look at look consider supporting me for the following reasons number one like i mentioned earlier i'm working on policies that directly impact austin brighton and the city of boston as a whole um i'm a coalition builder number two uh i've done coalition i work with coalitions all over the state the city uh nationally and i know how to work with people of all backgrounds and that includes working with someone like michael flaherty I can even talk to Althea Five car Garrett. Flaherty? Huh? Yeah, five car. I can talk to him. <laughs> Is he going to get mad now that you just repeated my words, five car Flaherty? Oh, he'll be all right. <laughs> oh, he'll be all right. Blame uh, <laughs> it on me. Yeah. <laughs> or Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and I can have these conversations with people and really put plans together that encompass the best path forward for a whole host of issues, including housing, including trans- public transportation, including more accountability and transparency in government, and then even the issues like rats. So that's what I'm hoping to do as your next city councilor for Austin Brighton. Uh, come out to vote September 24th on Tuesday. And just feel free the next 24 hours or so to reach out to me at votenave.com. Um, you can find my email also at info at votenave.com. And you can also reach out to me on Twitter and Facebook. I'm really responsive. And I run my own Facebook and Twitter 95% of the time. Don't say we don't have any good candidates to vote for or support. No matter where you are, there are good campaigns always happening got to get involved you at least got to cast a vote for them and find yeah. out who the good candidates are we got one right here lee nave jr alston brighton running for city council in boston we wish you well on tuesday uh i, I gotta encourage everyone to vote for this guy lee nave jr thank you i appreciate that thank you so much we're the young jerks we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back uh with another candidate running i think in cambridge i hope he's here ben simon running for Cambridge City Council, and hopefully we'll speak to uh, Cambridge City Council, uh, Cambridge City Councilor Quentin uh, Zondervan as well, and we'll take your calls if you're running for office anywhere in Massachusetts or anywhere else, or you're working on a campaign, you want to tell us why people should vote for your candidate, give us a call, 617-702-2542. It's Mike Crawford. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back on the Facebook Live probably about five, ten minutes. We'll see you soon. Be right back. And also, wait, before you leave, we got uh, Michelle Wu coming in mm-hmm. in the studio here at, uh, what is it? 7? 7? 7 p.m. I'm going to make sure I get my times right. 7 p.m. she'll be here on Activist Hour. Uh, they're back. Monica and Calvin are back tonight. Uh, they'll be doing a live show here, Activism Hour. It's on violence on Facebook. Uh, So check that out. We'll be back, Young Jerks, in a little bit. But after that, uh, Michelle Wu as well. So we got a lot of politics happening here in our studio in Somerville. We'll be right back. Mike Crawford, Young Jerks. Every day, Their Life's here to help you live a higher quality of life. The massive product selection at their Wareham dispensary features superior quality flour, vapes, edibles, and more, all derived from locally sourced growers. Experience unparalleled customer service from experts whose knowledge will help you become smarter about your options. Located 10 minutes from the Bourne Bridge, make Verilife Wareham your last stop on the way to the Cape. 
Reserve an order through Leafly, and you'll be on your way in no time. Open seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. The good vibes start at Verilife.